I hope you're doing well and I'm glad you're tuning in with me today on today's episode of what's happening in the crypto space, especially around Ethereum, because that's what's on fire at the moment. Um, I'll start with a very interesting article by Adam Kofran. He posted a lot of tweets talking about the seven reasons that Ethereum 2.0 will cause the next economic shift. A very bullish article, and I'll like pick out some details that I think make it super interesting. Afterwards, I want to talk to you about Vitalik Buterin's perspective on the 2.0 delay. Then I want to share with you a new patent by Visa, which is super interesting. Um, I'll show you some insight of a very interesting um, project that a man did where he tokenized himself on the Ethereum blockchain. And last but not least, I want to share with you a visual coding editor that will let you um, play around with a different Ethereum programming concepts. You can like build apps and stuff like that in the browser. I think it's an incredibly interesting concept that you can play around with. So stay tuned for that at the end of the video. My name is Kieran. I create DeFi and crypto videos to make sure that you are ready for the next bull run. If you're interested in knowing what happens in the crypto space with Ethereum and many different other projects, then make sure to join me on the journey and hit the subscribe button. <laughs> so let's get started with Adam Cochran's tweets talking about the economic shift induced by Ethereum 2.0. So seven reasons by Adam Cochran. The first one is talking about rent seekers. So institutional investors want three to 5% return on investment. So what they're gonna be probably doing as soon as staking is possible with Ethereum Serenity upgrade is they're gonna be buying a lot of Ethereum staking it and making sure that the return on investment is stable because very often big investment um, institutions, they, they, they want like stable return on investment. They don't want like um, high volatility. So they'll make sure that they put enough in to bring the price down, bring to bring the return on investment down of the staking from maybe 10% to around three or 5%. And in, in order to do that, they have to buy a lot of Ethereum and I think to bring the, the return on investment, to bring the staking price down to the areas of three to 5%, these institutions will have to buy 10 to 30 million ETH in order to um, achieve that. What that means is it will create a supply shock. Supply shock means that there's less supply. And yeah, we've been experiencing a massive supply shock now during this pandemic with uh, many supply chains not being able to deliver products to companies. What that means then is that these products uh, or these raw goods increase in price because there's not a lot, but the demand is the same or even higher. Yeah, the supply shock is of course going to increase the price of EVE because less supply with the same amount of demand. Probably what is also going to happen, and he um, talks a little bit about that is after the institutional investors have already invested in the first round, they'll come again because they realize that the initial investment increased in price, maybe 2x or 4x, and they want to bring um, the, the, the portion of their total investment down to relative levels maybe a few percent and now because of the price increase. The second reason is FOMO by retail investors. Retail investors will first of all see these amazing staking rewards. Second of all, they will see the price of ETH and many different other cryptocurrencies constantly increasing. And yeah, uh, retail investors are notorious for like jumping onto the rock after it has already left the um, landing pad. 
they'll just like hammer the market with market buys because they just want to get on board and they don't want to be left out because they've got this very strong sense of fear of missing out. So retail investors following into the market will cause a massive um, rally like we've seen in 2017. It's possible it's much higher because then we come to the next part and that is cash on ramp. During the 2017 bull market, there were not that many options to um, bring a fiat currency into the cryptocurrency space. I remember clearly Binance, Coinbase and many other platforms were having problems. I don't even think Binance had the option to buy cryptocurrencies with cash during the 2017 bull run, but I do know that they had problems registering new users. I think there was like a limit of a certain amount of users that were allowed to go onto the platform and sign up and coinbase was also having problems i mean coinbase it still has problems when the price uh, of bitcoin like uh, plummets or rises rapidly coinbase is having um, trouble uh, maintaining a stable um, platform it's always got its problems when the market is very volatile hopefully uh, they managed to iron out these uh, problems for the next bull run but still even with these problems they've got a lot more users on their platform that are approved i think 5 million were in 2017 and now there's already 30 million plus uh, approved users on Coinbase. And there are many other centralized exchanges which allow um, on-ramp, which allow cash on-ramps fiat to crypto. So that means many, many different retail investors will be so many different retail, so many retail investors have the possibility to, to enter the market at so many retail investors have the possibility to enter the market. So the last, <laughs> the last piece of the puzzle to entail, so the last piece of the puzzle to induce a massive rally is probably going to be the news outlets, the news outlets which start talking about um, different cryptocurrency prices reaching all-time highs, and that will induce this fear of that will induce the fear of that will induce the fear of missing out from many retail investors and they'll just jump and try and still catch this departing rocket. Then afterwards, what? Now we've already looked at the crazy supply shock which will happen, especially with ETH due to many institutional investors wanting to stake. And that means a large portion of the available ETH is gonna be locked away less ETH remaining to buy. But the first supply shock we looked at, it was with uh, constant demand. Now with a lot more, now with a lot more institutional investors wanting to enter the market and also the retail formowing into the market. Yeah, so piling on top of the supply shock, you're gonna have a demand shock. So less supply, but increased demand, which will uh, expedite the price growth of ETH. And yeah, probably it will create uh, something that looks like a bubble, something that looks like uh, the market rally that we saw in uh, January 2018 um, when talking about ETH price. All right, so with that said, afterwards is the actual demand that also comes into play. Institutions that are act institutions that are actually using ethereum for the smart contract or decentralized applications using ethereum using gas um, to be able to uh, lock documents or validate stuff on ethereum blockchain well their demand will also play um, their demand will also lead to an increased demand for eth 
to be able to um, continue with their operations. And I think another good point is the more uh, decentralized applications are being built on top of the Ethereum blockchain, the Metcalf law becomes a very, very important aspect and proponent of growth because um, the Metcalf's law says, uh, the definition of the Metcalf's law is the value of a network is proportional to the amount of users to the power of two. So the more decentralized applications are on the network for people to use, well, that amount to the power of two is then the value of the network. And with more and more, uh, with more and more decentralized applications, being built on the network, the value is just constantly increasing. That means more transactions, that means more ETH is being used. So that's just exponential growth from actual demand. And yeah, the, the more value the network, the more people enter the network and the growth just continues. Pick of Ethereum 2.0, but now Vitalik Buterin's um, opinions on it. And I think it's what's interesting is because many people are like very critical to the ETH 2.0 delays, the launch date being delayed, um, false promises, or oh, that's their opinion. And what I think is very important to understand is that it's a very, very complicated piece of software. And they've also made it very hard for themselves with many different iterations, many improvements and so on. Justin Drake also um, tweeted about that and said, we made ETH2 very hard for ourselves, many design iterations, many community clients versus just one and many different protocols to and improvement proposals to make Ethereum 2.0 definitely a lot better than Ethereum 1.0. And that's also one thing that that Vitalik Buterin states he doesn't regret the delay of Ethereum 1.0, but he does regret a lot of the mistakes and um, design flaws that Ethereum 1.0 has. So he prefers to make sure that everything is in place, everything is correct for Ethereum 2.0, not like just try and push the launch so that it's launched much earlier, but make sure that Everything is working as it should before the beacon chain launches. So I quote Vitalik Buterin, there's a big misunderstanding here. Ethereum did in fact launch in July 2015. My point was, I do not regret the day, rather I regret the original protocol's technical deficiencies. So I think we're more or less in the same boat as we were then. Um, they're making sure that everything is running smoothly before they launch the beacon chain. And it's true, some of the uh, Ethereum 2.0 specs have not been finalized, so it will be much too soon to, to launch the beacon chain in um, July, thirdly as it was to be expected. But yeah, as long as they launch in 2020 or in my lifetime, I'm probably going to be happy with that. Um, it doesn't really... Um, bother me that there's some delays. I prefer that the project is working as it should with no hiccups um, than a rushed project. And then after in a few months, there's some uh, technical difficulties that cause people to lose money. So um, all in all, I'm still very bullish on the project despite um, probably not being able to launch in at the end of July. All right, but let's talk next. All right, with that said, let's talk about Visa. All right, now let's talk about Visa. And Visa has submitted a patent application for a system using Ethereum technology. So I'll quickly read what they are saying or what the abstract is of their patent. So techniques are disclosed, which include receiving by a central entity computer a request for digital currency. The request includes a serial number and the denomination of a physical currency. 
The central entity computer generates a digital currency for the denomination and linked to the serial number. The generating includes recording the digital currency on a blockchain. The central entity computer transmits a notification of the generation of the digital currency, blah, 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 blah. All right, so this is very interesting. It's about a system, probably how the visa system works. Um, enabling uh, different companies to to have like a, a link between each other, enabling one company to accept payments from uh, customers and then send it maybe to another bank. So this is a graphic that they have provided to explain how the system works with um, you've got an ATM or a bank and a customer, he's got his assets, private key and so on. And this all works with um, blockchain technology. I'm not going to explain it too in detail, but I think this is very interesting that they're using Ethereum technology to use this. So here in the back end, they've got um, blockchain to have the ledgers and transactions stored in there and validated transactions. And the reason why I believe it's Ethereum and the reason why I believe they're using Ethereum technology for this is when you go down um, on one of their graphics, they use the Ethereum testnet for their technology. So with this picture, they shows that they're actually using the Ethereum technology for their uh, minimum viable project for the system. So you've got ETH accounts. It's possible that they're using a testnet to prototype their system, but they are using Ethereum blockchain technology. Now the question is, are they going to move their are they going to move their system to Ethereum mainnet or are they going to maybe use the Ethereum open source to create their own platform? Now that of course is a question that remains unanswered. But what I think is great is that they're actually using Ethereum blockchain technology because that still opens the door to move to the Ethereum mainnet. And I think this is fantastic information, um, pretty bullish because, I mean, if you look at Visa, they've got an incredible amount of transactions and volume going through their networks. Uh, from the top of my head, if I'm not mistaken, I think in 2017, they had around 100 billion transactions uh, estimated at a valuation of 6.8 trillion US dollars. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's pretty accurate. And with that amount of transactions running on the Ethereum blockchain, that would mean having to use smart contracts and transactions on the Ethereum blockchain, which will induce a very high gas cost per year, which of course will have an effect on the ETH price because uh, big companies like Visa are probably going to accumulate a large amount of ETH in order to be able to um, hedge against price fluctuations. So let's continue on still talking about Ethereum, about a guy who tokenized himself on the Ethereum blockchain. It's a very interesting concept. I haven't heard about this before. So he's done two things. He started that, I think, a few weeks ago. He tokenized himself on the Ethereum blockchain. He sold some um, like tokens which represented himself for around 20,000 US dollars. He tokenized himself. So he promised by by selling a tokenized shares of himself uh, for the annex token he promised investors a portion of any profits he makes in the next three years up to hundred thousand us dollars so basically the investors are speculating that this guy is gonna maybe be successful and earn up to hundred thousand us dollars and get a multiple on their uh, initial investment but he didn't stop there so now not only did he tokenize himself, he also more or less um, sold his soul on a platform by allowing people to buy deep fakes of his voice. So as of yesterday, his entire likeness is available for sale or at least for rent. 
Alefa AI, a new marketplace for synthetic media. Alefa's customers can dictate the words that come out of his digitally rendered mouth at a rate of $99 per 200 words. So I think the concept is very, very interesting. And um, it just shows that the, the creativity that is in the space, um, many different concepts and projects are popping up that no one actually has thought of before. And I think it's very, very uh, interesting that he actually pulled this off. So I give him credit to that. And uh, I'm not sure if this is something that I would do, but I do think it's a very interesting concept. So let's continue with the last um, project I want to share with you. And that is the visual code builder eve.build. And this is very, very interesting project. Um, it basically allows you to um, play around with many different uh, like elements, you can click on them, you can uh, drag and drop and interact with these different elements. You can create smart contracts. When you click on the two arrows, you got a lot of different examples. You can either watch the video to get an understanding of the, the various examples. For example, you've got a hash function, you've got key pair, transactions, encryptions. And if you click on load, you can load these different, um, I would call it like small applications into the browser window and you can look at how they work. So you can pull and drag all the different elements you can interact with. You can maybe put some text in. And as you can see, if I change this text here, maybe to another one, it will change the information. So let's go here, I put some text, it goes to the hash as an input, a string is generated, the key pair is used and all that. So of course, I'm not going to go through all the options in detail, but I want to share you with you this Eve build because I think it's super exciting. I have to go through all the different projects and look through it for myself and try and understand how it all works. I might make a video on it in the future, I'm not sure. You can look and try and understand a distributed ledger technology. You can look at transactions, uh, look and see how a blockchain works. So you can click on load and this will load it into the browser. And I think this is an incredible piece of software that will allow you to understand how Ethereum works. So you can drag and drop these little um, boxes. You can also start, can drag and drop these boxes and you can see this is actually a blockchain running in your browser with all the different elements. You can understand how a blockchain works. So this is the first time I've seen a type of project like this, but I think this is has a lot of potential. It might hopefully in the future enable people to start building building applications on Ethereum without a lot of technical know-how. Like with Lego, many children can build um, different vehicles, they can build houses. Hopefully in the future, people will also be able to build their applications without the massive technical know-how behind it. Now, of course, with applications being easier to be made, there are some concerns in the area of security and so on, but if it's made in a way that it just can't break, then there is a lot of possibility behind such uh, visual coding platforms. And yeah, I think this is uh, going in a good direction. I'll link it down below so that you can experiment with the different uh, applications. You can play around with it, have fun and see how it works, how Ethereum works behind the scenes. And yeah, with that said, this was today's video. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch you in the next video. Have a good one. Bye-bye.